Hi everybody, it's Kim Winter from Logistics Executive Group again. Thanks for joining us. Bit of a unique uh, show today. We've got a special guest with us. We're here in uh, Nairobi in Kenya, East Africa. Been here for a week, uh, filming, meeting business leaders, women in leadership, and uh, also doing some work on the not-for-profit side as well. And I'm joined today by my business colleague. First started working with uh, my colleague here in 1989, and uh, we've been uh, co-partners here and directors of Logistics Executive uh, since the early 2000s. So without further ado, our Head of uh, Mergers and Acquisitions, our Managing Director for Corporate Advisory, and for our consulting business, Daryl Judd. Thanks, Kim, and uh, yeah, what a great place to film this special edition. I mean, you know, Africa is... Uh, just an emerging market of future leaders and uh, of course we've experienced that all week um, and you know to be be someone where we can hear the, the sounds of the hustle and bustle of a big city like Nairobi it's fantastic. Yeah good stuff so we want to get a couple of grabs from you today about a few of the things that we've been doing here uh, first of all I want to talk about supply chain we've got a whole range of clients mm. who've been doing work here for over a decade and uh, You've been meeting with a number of customers here and working in some core industry parts of the supply chain here today. So tell us what's going on, what's exciting. I mean, there's, there's a massive shift going on here in East Africa at the moment. The time feels different from the last 20 years that you yeah. and I have been coming in and out of, out of East Africa and Kenya in particular. What's going on in supply chain? Yeah, isn't it amazing? Every time you come down to Africa, there's always something new that's, that's sort of thriving and bubbling. And, and sometimes I guess when we don't live so close to this market, we lose sight of that and all, particularly in the last 18 months with all the headlines of the pandemic, the supply chain uh, congestion that we have, digitization. Um, yeah, some, sometimes Africa gets left off the map. But the things that have struck me this week that have been really interesting um, is, is now we're seeing Africa. I mean, it's always been an agriculture hub. And, you know, we know the success stories of companies like, you know, Orison Flowers and VP Group of you know, been supplying the, both the flower markets for Europe for many years, but also the packed vegetable, the, the, the grow to pack services. We always, we've, been, we've known those stories that have been around for a while, but you know, we're now seeing these massive food corridors open up here and we're seeing you know, a massive amount of outgrowers who are now integrating into global supply chains rather than uh, selling their produce into local markets. Yeah. Um, propagation, seeding, uh, advances in agri-tech here over the last two years have just really thrived and you only have to uh, you know, spend a few hours at Nairobi Airport as, as we did earlier in the week with some of the major exporters and just see the volume of cargo that's, that's coming out on those aircraft to see that you know, Africa really is the future food base in, base in the world. Awesome. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been out the airport a lot and uh, just because a lot of cargo companies out there and one of the real big narratives here at the moment is networking the network of both sea sea and air air alone road there's a lot of combinations coming together and a lot of integration happening in the supply chain that we've never seen before yeah i think driven by by large infrastructure investments i mean okay here in here in kenya we saw obviously the sgr rail network open up for passengers, but that allowed a leapfrog into, yeah. into you know, containers by rail, bringing Mombasa port closer to, to the junction of Nairobi. Um, we've seen massive investments in highways and roads, and so connecting the hinterland and, and the landlocked countries. 
Um, and of course, you know, Nairobi Airport speaks for itself. It's one of the largest uh, outbound export markets, particularly for food and vegetables uh, in the whole of Africa. Yeah. And, you know, you, you stand there in a day and the amount of freighters that are coming in and out and uplifting those high value commodities into, into markets and demand. Um, but I think it's the infrastructure investment. Um, not to forget the leadership, I think, you know, one of the one of the other factors that we've seen at play this week is just what a bustling hub of entrepreneurialism um, this this place is. And, you know, a lot of fintech startups. I, I met a lady this morning who I spent time with and their company specializes in fintech financing and particularly for the supply chain. And so they fund a lot of that activity between the bridge between the customer and the forwarder. Um, and that's now a digital transaction. So business has become a lot more economical because of yep. uh, advances in, in those areas. So, mm. yeah, I think it's an exciting time to do business here and, and to be here and, and just to see the, the dynamic change that's taking place. There's, uh, there's a fair few non-disclosure agreements floating around, but um, and there's probably limited what you can talk about, but there's a lot going on in the mergers and acquisitions yeah, space here as well as we've never yeah. seen before. Was that a COVID thing? Was that happening before then? Yeah, look, I think, that, I think it's accelerated that. that. I mean, you know, we've, we've seen the global consolidation take place recently amongst the big boys, but we've also seen smaller transactions, Asia, Europe, the US, of course, you know, the, the, the Maersk acquisition just recently of um, visible supply chain in the US was mm. a big one, B2C Europe. Um, and I look, I think there's an element of that driving it, but I also think there is a, a push now into, into mm. Africa. You know, Africa is very rich in minerals. It's got a huge agricultural basin. And, and as we turn attention to things like food security and, and developing our emerging markets, yeah. the interplay between land-based assets and needing a, a physical presence here in Africa, as opposed to relying on, on agents to be able to build out your infrastructure and connect those, those networks, is becoming increasingly important, and and you know as you know from the discussions we've had this week, um, you know uh, uh, Kenya, Tanzania, you know parts of West Africa, very attractive markets now for global companies who are in logistics looking to access yeah. those channels, looking to build those corridors, and so I think we're seeing a little bit of the result of that. And yeah, there's some very fine companies down here that have been very well run for a long time, and yeah. so as we push into emerging markets, they become increasingly more attractive. I think uh, one of the most impressive and humbling things I've seen over the last week was to meet yesterday with the owners and founders of, a, of an organisation that started in the, in the 70s with five people, now has over 12,000 staff, run their own schools, their own power generation, they feed everybody, they have their own bus company and they're exporting uh, over a million flowers a day. Roses yeah, a day. I mean, yeah, it's hard to contextualise just what a million roses a day looks like on top of the, the 70 or 80,000 kilos of shelf-ready vegetables that's going into high-value markets in Europe. I mean, you know, it's just it's, it's hard to see that in, in yeah. mind and just see the scale of it. But, you know, the thing that struck me yesterday with that organisation was um, when the founder talked about, you know, the very first thing he talked about was the fact that you know 12,000 employees, they're the, they're the biggest uh, private employer here in, in, in Kenya, they didn't lay off a single person yeah. during COVID, mm -hmm. they didn't hold money back from their suppliers, mm -hmm. they continued to feed that ecosystem, and I, I know my numbers might be wrong there, but I think he talked about an ecosystem of feeding 75,000 people in, in secondary suppliers in their ecosystem, yeah. um, and I thought that was an, an absolute testimony to you know, not reacting short term, yeah. looking at it long term, 
you know, taking that um, that stance that we're going to we're going to protect the values of the company and the, yeah. the things that have got us to this point, and, and that's clearly people and leadership and entrepreneurialism, and as they've empowered their people over the years to make decisions, and so supporting them through COVID, now as they've seen uh, those markets bounce back and yeah. growth return, you know, there's so much more. Uh, loyalty there in the organization I, I thought that was a, yeah. a wonderful story and yeah, at least for all of us we were we were very fortunate to meet and again after so many years and we met them many years ago of course um, you talk about leadership and it segues into just a snapshot of what they did around COVID they actually took such a serious approach that over 12,000 staff there was a handful of people that got COVID only so it was point zero 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 one of whatever percent. Wasn't that right? just an amazing story? Yeah, they took action immediately. They invested in the, the technology at the farm level that ensured that their workplace was safe. They maintained yeah. those policies. Their staff embraced that. And, and you're right, you know, a handful of, yeah. of cases on 12,000 people. It meant yeah. very little disruption to their business. Well, I've got you. Let's, let's just flip this. I and mean, we're doing uh, uh, quite a bit of work down here on leadership. We're interviewing over a dozen uh, leaders, female leaders in, in leadership down here, uh, women in leadership in Kenya and from around different parts of Africa. In fact, we've got a few, uh, few this afternoon that we're interviewing. And uh, funnily enough, we've, we've just stumbled into people without too much planning here, by the way, <laughs> including you over breakfast, yeah. us with our driver. Uh, you know, let, uh, let's just talk about our driver. I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> What I, what I find really fascinating, Uber. what I what I find really fascinating in places like this is that entrepreneurial spirit. It, it doesn't matter how difficult my upbringing's been, or what my education's been, or my circumstances. I thrive for for success, and I and I and I give things a go, and I I, I put every every energy into that. And I think that's why, as we've seen, you know, uh, incubation hubs come to Kenya. We've seen the rise of digital technology here. We're a massive center here for, for digital creation, yeah. uh, particularly in FinTech as we, as we said earlier, that actually we've now seen those, those future leaders, those young professionals rise. And yeah. you, know, you, you don't have to be in too many places to look at a board on a conference and as we did yesterday in the yeah. hotel. And you know, if you look at the five or six events in the hotel, the vast majority are focused on leadership, development, mentoring, skills, entrepreneurship. And I think that's fostering a new culture, yeah. uh, a culture that's going to lead this place to a lot of success. And when we link it and orchestrate it to the rest of the world, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that those entrepreneurs will go on to, to many, many great things. And there's great examples of it. You know, uh, Duma out of Nigeria, the e-commerce company, you're the first $10 billion unicorn yeah. out of here. And, and yeah, there's many others like that. Sure. I think the thing that struck me is, is that the youth here, I mean, there's probably 50% unemployment. You're in a country of 52 million people. There's probably 10 million people just here in, uh, in Nairobi. Uh, there's a shed load of unemployment. There's a lot of poverty here. But I'll tell you what, anybody who's been to Kenya, you'll never find a country with such good spirit, with motivation, with, uh, with hope, and, and people who educate themselves. I mean, yep. anybody who's met a Kenyan anywhere else in the world, and there's a big diaspora all around the world, including Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, uh, Kenyans love education. So, you know. It's, yeah, uh, they do. And I think they, 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 they thrive for that knowledge. They thrive for engagement. Uh, if you look at this week, how many people have approached us in you know, four years of hotels or in the you know, taxis. Or, you mentioned our Uber driver who 
you know, drives an Uber part-time, but runs a very successful career out the side. Um, that, that resilience, that, that drive to succeed yep. is a characteristic that I think you find not just in Kenya, but in many places in Africa. Yep. And now that, that you know, we're opening up that education boom and we're, we're giving them the opportunity to thrive, we're seeing the benefits of that. And yep. you, know, you only have to look at uh, the GDP growth of, of you know, the, the top three countries in Africa, including Kenya, to see the empowerment that that's had yep. over the last three or four years. And, as you said at the very start, you know, it's been, I think, a couple of years since you've been down here. I'm, I'm obviously down here more regularly, but, yeah. you know, you look at the development and just the sense and the feel and the spirit and yeah. all of that in a backdrop of COVID. Yeah. You know, and that's a really hard one. So I think, you know, the resilience comes into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll be a, a characteristic that'll lead them to success. Well, I don't know whether I've told you, but we're, we're interviewing Maureen, our driver, tomorrow uh, and uh, we're going to hear her story because she is an incredibly impressive person. Mum, two kids, single mum. Uh, she's an electrical engineer. She's got a full-time job but she doubles up on Uber and uh, she's also now a, an ambassador on ground yeah. here for our charity, Oasis Africa. Uh, Freedom from Poverty. We started that 16 years ago. We've educated over 8,000 kids and we're actually filming tomorrow in the slum with somebody we met yesterday. Tell us a little bit about the guy we met yesterday. Yeah, I mean, look, what a fascinating uh, guy. I mean, you know, Ahmed is a very successful businessman. He built a Pan-Africa business uh, in the medical medical space. Um, he recently decided to step back as the CEO and founder of that, uh, to primarily to enjoy the time he had with his, his, his elder children as they moved off out of home and into marriage, and he didn't want to miss that opportunity. But the thing I find that's interesting about it, he built it using, you know, uh, children and, and adults who were educated in the slums, you know, perhaps didn't have the life that we all have of privilege and access to education. And he took them, mentored, guide them, and he's he's now built a successful company over 12 years. Um, he's been able to see the benefit of that, and actually his leadership team have all come on that journey. And so he's able to hand that the baby yeah. of his corporate company into the hands of, of people who you know wouldn't normally get that opportunity. And yeah. uh, they will be so empowered now to take that to the next level. And you can see that yesterday in his excitement and, you know, the social things that he's doing. And so, you know, tomorrow's going to be an interesting day when we do get into Kibera and, and look at, you know, how, what, how we're impacting lives through those types of programs that he's yeah. running. So, look, all in all, I think it's been a great week in, in Kenya. It's a great touch base and, and see what's going on. And, you know, all I can say is, you know, watch out. You know, there's going to be a lot of headlines come out of here. And as you know from our own business, you know, the activity that we're doing here and um, and, and some of the the orchestration that's going on, you know, we really are sure. pushing the envelope now. It's, it's fantastic. Now, Ahmed was a very, very special man, very humbled to meet with him yesterday. And uh, in fact, he's invited us back next month yeah. and to join one of his leadership courses and yeah. uh, try and tell people a little bit about what we've learned along the way and all the mistakes we've made and <laughs> help people out to uh, maybe find their pathway forward. So. Yeah, and you know, that's, and that's, the, that's the beauty of Kenya, right? I mean, um, you know, all of a sudden now, you, you've got this open invitation to come back and transfer that knowledge and impart that knowledge and you know, share, share the lessons that we've learned in business and others. Uh, but also to contribute, obviously through Hands Up Kenya, through Oasis Africa, but also through his initiatives yeah, as well. And I think um, you know that's the sort of spirit that that really is driving success in this marketplace. Yeah. 
Well, uh, good to catch up. Thank I think you. this is the first interview I've ever done with you that I can recall. But it's nice to be on the. It's nice. It's nice to be <laughs> travelling again and, and on the road again, and, and, yeah. and somewhere that you know we can step outside and feel a sense of excitement and yep. not talk about the pandemic for once and all the things we've been through. I mean, yep. this really is now. We're now coming into a new chapter that's very exciting. Yeah, it's been a long road since 1989. So, um, yep, good on you, mate. Thank well you very done. much. And, and thanks uh, for the uh, time. Pleasure to catch up. Yeah, we're off for a PCR test now. So PCR test. Yeah, another swab. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, thanks, thanks Daryl. Bye-bye. Cheers, man.